Hey everybody and welcome back. I'm Mr. B. You can find me in a number of places like Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, all at Mr. Bevers. And I have always wanted to have a Planeswalker friend just like you. Ooh. Ooh. And hello everyone. Uh, first time, long time here. It's your old pal Big Tuck. Uh, as usual, you can find me destroying the internet on Twitter at Big Tuck Tweeting on the Twitterverse. And, you know, I've always... I've always wanted to live in a multiverse with you as well. And hey, guys, it's Mr. Comet number five. Uh, you can find me as well on Twitter at Mr. Comet number five. I'll spell that except for the five. So let's make the most of this beautiful board state. And welcome back to another episode of Mr. Bever's Neighborhood. Remember, we're here to address the salt in the room. And every episode, we are going to address one of the top salty cards off our great friends over at EDHREC.com's list and have our dear friend, Mr. B, help us cool off, calm down, and how to navigate the social constructs around that card. We'll do this in three different ways. First, what makes this card so annoying or salt-inducing from a broad perspective? Two, why do we, the panel react like this as individuals, uh, give some insight into the human psyche. And then lastly, how can we form habits that can really change this way of reacting over the long haul and just become better members? So today we are talking a card that, shocking enough, is rated higher on the salt scale than one Blightsteel Colossus. Oh, wow. Talking Thassa's Oracle. So, Big Tuck, if you could, why don't you read out that card name and its attributes and give us a little bit of stats. You know, it's salty meter, if sure. there's any cool printing, just some info about that card. Uh, I would absolutely love to. So, Thassa's Oracle rates, if my math is correct, number 14 on the salt meter, uh, well above cards like Jinkataxis, its next neighbor, um, but well below cards like Cyclonic Rift, uh, which, in my opinion, make a little bit more sense. But for those who don't know, Thassa's Oracle is what we in the community like to call an alternate wincon. For two blue mana, this is a 1-3 creature, merfolk, wizard, redacted bit, that comes in at a rare from Return to Theros, I believe is what that, that set is called. When Thassa's Oracle enters the battlefield, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is your devotion to blue. Put up to one of them on top of your library and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. If X is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library, you win the game. That's and uh, the, I looked it up and there really isn't any alternate arts, which is kind of shocking considering how often we see this. There's a full art version. And for those playing Modo, uh, first off, good luck and we wish you well. And second, there is a very lovely full art promo on there for you so you can see right into the artwork done by Jesper Elsing. Nice, nice. And what does Thassa's Oracle cost to acquire mm. in cardboard rectangle format? Thank you. I, uh, I thank you. I completely forgot about that. So Thassa's Oracle will run you about $9.39 at a low and around $18 for a high. Uh, your old pal Big Tuck did purchase this for $5 in foil along with about seven copies of Jessica's Will which came out around the same time. Oh, I would say you probably came out on top with that investment. Well, Big Tuck, why do you think the community finds this card so annoying or salt-inducing? Well, uh, I think that 
any card that has a win con stapled onto it is always going to draw some ire and some eyeballs around from everyone. We've seen cards like Lab Maniac uh, and then the Jace, who is also, uh, you know, a very strong card. I'm going to have to look it up. But while we're doing that, Wielder of Mysteries. Thank mm. you very much. And of course, we have Laboratory Maniac. These cards are cards that win you the game in a similar fashion, right? Um, and I think that in terms of Labman, it really requires a lot more hoops to jump through. Uh, Labman itself doesn't really win you the win you the the game on the card. You kind of have to have a draw spell and some other shenanigans go around with it. Similar in scope to Jace, he's a little bit more consistent with his abilities to win you the game. But Thassa's Oracle can just come out of nowhere. Two blue mana is easy to have. It gives you piles of untapped mana to counterspell, removal, bounce it back. Um, and it plays into a lot of blue win cons, a lot of blue control, and a lot of blue uh, synergies into that. And I really think the reason, and again, I'm, this is not my my extensive purview, but something we can certainly talk about. I feel one of the reasons why this is so high on the salt meter is that this is kind of a CEDH, I don't know if staple is the right term, but a standard. This is a card that combos with a lot of different play styles that, that you see more in CEDH than in your normal EDH casual pods around having a couple of beers or maybe at your LGS. Yeah, you definitely hit one of the things that I had kind of pointed out, Big Tuck, which is the cheap casting cost, just blue, yes. blue, um, you know, expropriates the card we talked about the last time we visited the uh, neighborhood. And I mean, that's uh, nine mana. It's a lot. And people get like really upset when that card gets played. But imagine if expropriate was just blue, blue. I think yeah. that's really where people just kind of get frustrated. It's like, how is this card a game winner? You just went on the spot out of nowhere, and it cost you two mana. Um, right. You know, I, one it's, of the notes that I had made... I was going to say, it's it's also a repeatable effect, where it's expropriate. If you counter it, it's kind of gone. This one, if it enters and you don't win the game, you might be able to bring it back. Huh. Actually, funny thing. Expropriate, I want you to counter it, because I can use <laughs> one of my other cards, so I can, like, siphon it onto something and get constant expropriates. Yes. So, ha, you fell into my trap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, one of the things that I had mentioned is, you know, it is a single color. I think if Thassa's Oracle yeah. was, let's call it blue, white, I don't think it would be nearly as salt inducing. It's the fact that it only has one color identity. You can just put it in anything you want. But here's what I had read from the competitive community. And then I'll, I'll kind of pass it over to Mr. B for his thoughts. The biggest reason I think this is salt inducing it's because the CEDH community sees it all the time, and it's so hard to interact with. Right. It's basically you have to counter it on the stack or stifle the effect once it hits the battlefield. If you can't do one of those two very specific things, you've lost the game. Because guaranteed or it'll be Thassa's Oracle on the stack, hold priority, tainted pact, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and then they just win. So that's one piece of that puzzle. But we all know that the competitive community, the true competitive community, is a small piece of the larger 100-card format singleton. But I think they are so loud that they have really echoed onto the rest of the commander community to where a filthy casual that has probably never even seen Thassa's Oracle sees it at their LGS and they're like, oh my gosh, have to kill you now. How do you feel, Mr. B? Do you feel like that's a little bit of it or do you see something maybe a different? So I think I think you're I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Definitely. Um, 
like coming from someone who plays mostly casually, right? I don't really run up against CEDH uh, decks that often, um, or the folks that uh, that play CEDH uh, who come on my show or I play with don't end up playing CEDH at that time. So basically, I don't see the decks that have this sort of combo in them. Um, but it is rampant, right, in the right. CADH community for sure. And and there's definitely people who play it in casual decks as well because you know they just they like I like this combo, I like to do it, right? Who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tuck is one of those degenerates, I guess. In this case, it's only um, one deck, okay. which we'll get to it's in the okay. personal I, section. It's okay, it's fine. Um, the point is, is that like I think that you definitely uh, hit the nail on the head because there's so many cards that combo with it for such a small amount of mana. This is the thing, mm. right? So like you've got demonic consultation, tainted pact, all of these things, right? Like you've got underworld breach and brain freeze, like you know, you've got so many things that can just kind of do things with this, you know, at a very small amount of mana, so it's very easy to get the combo off very quickly in any game. Um so I think that's probably one of the reasons why induces so much salt because it can end a game on you know maybe turn two or turn three depending sure. on how good draws are right heck i mean i think i'm sure i've heard stories of people ending games on turn one right with this mm-hmm. combo uh if you get like a lion's eye diamond or something that makes a, a bunch of mana that then can be used to uh do the combo on turn one right um yeah. so i think that's where you're gonna find most of the salt is coming from it makes a bunch of non-games right um, because you sit down to the table, you shuffle up, you draw your seven, and the game's over before you even get to play a land, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you're running blue, so you have the free counter spells, force of wills, and that sort of stuff. Just sure, in case exactly. Else might have right? that. Like, so. Exactly. There's there's so many things that you can be doing, and, and this is the thing too is like you said, because it's only one color, right? That's what sort of lets it kind of lean into any other combination of colors of decks, mm-hmm. right? So you can put it in a mono blue deck, you can put it in a black blue deck, you can put it in, you know, uh, something that's like maybe Grixis or whatever, right? Like there's so many combo pieces out there in all the other colors that you can just slot this into any commander that can play those colors and away you go. Uh, and you yep. don't even necessarily care about the devotion, right? Thing, no, because really never. the whole point of the combo is you're going to do something to leave only one card left on top of your library base, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Thassa hits, you look at that card and your devotion's two, maybe three if you're lucky, who knows? But you win because of that. Right. So absolutely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly it. Right. Is that's what I at least that's what I'm seeing from the community and what I'm seeing from just what I've heard about the card myself. Right. Now, do you think any of this could also be reputation based? Like, you know, FASA is such a dominant win con in competitive arenas that we in the non trying to win in three turns or less community do you think we're just getting a lot of that backlash? Just, you know, we're hearing it all and it's like, well, if they're saying it's a bad card, then we all think it's a bad card. I, I think, and I just want to hop in here real quick. We've talked about this on our other shows about I'm playing Zer. Well, then you have to be playing something degenerate, right? Yes. Hey, everyone, rule zero at the table. I am running Thassa's Oracle in this deck, but I don't have a way to tutor. Well, oh, wait, you're running this card? It's brutal. We can't beat you. We're ganging up on you. Just knowing the fact that we've seen this deck or seen this person in it before, um, that I think that's something that is definitely true about maybe this card and other cards of its ilk. I can totally see that. 
Well, let's uh, go hear a little bit about our amazing patron community before we kind of dive into each of our personal traumas, I mean, opinions about this card. Do you like CMD Tower content? Do you wish you could have more of it? Well, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. That's where we really lean on the community for help in running our channel, but also giving back to you as well. So for just literally a buck a month, you can join and get tons of soft value, opportunities to be on the show, interact with the collective in our very lively chat. And then for even just five, 15 or 25 bucks, you're gonna get swag. You're gonna get RK post tokens. Really, it's one of the best values out there. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Okay, well, um, I'm going to kick off this section with I personally feel salty about this card. Uh, and I can't actually say because it's usually directed back at me because I only have <laughs> one copy of the card. Uh, and it is in my filthy casual Garza Zoldek, uh, where oh, devotion yeah. is important. I do need <laughs> devotion for it to work. Um, so, Tuck, you actually hit on it in the previous section. I actually don't, I'm not someone who gets super salty when I see cards played in general, but I could say that this one might rise a little salt meter because of the reputation. One of the mm -hmm. things that I've been burned by so many times in LGSs um, and in play groups, and that's why the rule zero thing for me, it's a great idea, but it's not really that practical in the real world. Is because I've had too many times where it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's just like, it's totally fine. It's absolutely fair. And then I just get like pub stomped in, you know, 45 minutes. And it's like, what happened? I thought we were just having fun. And it's like, oh, I was having fun. This is my casual deck. So it's just people's opinions of stuff are so up and down. So when I see Thassa's Oracle from some effect, let's call it pregame discussion, uh, some sort of reveal the top X and put a card in your hand type thing. Oh, I right. immediately just think, oh, you got gas. And I would probably think it, even if I saw a lab man or a Jace, but tuck to your point earlier, it would be significantly less. Right. Because those, you have to get a bunch of other stuff going to make them happen. And yes, the other cards, you win the game with, you know, Labman and Jace, but it's harder because you can interact with those cards. It's not like an effect that's on the stack that's going to check to see if you win, kind of like an approach of the second sun type thing. So that's really why I do, because I've just been burned way too many times where people's opinions of what is strong and what's not is so varying to where if a Zur or a Thassa's Oracle gets mentioned, it's like, mm, I don't trust you. You could politic all game, but I think you're lying to me. And Mr. Combo, I think you're also in a unique situation for this. The last two times you've streamed, you've gotten knocked out by your own reputation. So not only are you bringing a Thassa's Oracle, you're also just bringing yourself into this oh, yeah. Rule Zero conversation, to be fair. Uh, which I think you should be proud of, if I'm going to be honest. I think that's... Uh, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's great to know as someone who's very powerful, a very strong wizard mage planeswalker, no. uh, but apparently I have a losing record. So I, I don't I don't know what that equates to. Uh, it's probably some long loss, like heavyweight boxer that's one of the best ever. He just has an 0-39 record. He just needs that one chance, that one chance, and you got to <laughs> give it to him. Got to give it to him. But uh, Tuck, I'm curious, why do you think you would ever... Or do you get salty with Thassa's Oracle and why? 
Well, you know, I, I thought a lot about this, um, and in talking with the my local play group earlier today, I want to ask you both: How many times has Thassa's Oracle? Let me ask you two two part question. One: How many decks do you run this in? And two: How many times have you lost to, or has Thassa's Oracle made an impact on a game that you've actually played it? Not outside of the scary boogie monster in the closet, the grizzle brands of the world and whatnot, the recurring nightmares, if you will. And God knows I've had plenty of those, but actually seen it in paper or on uh, MTG, MTGO or that sort of thing. So I leave that to you. Mr. Bevers, you're the one here who who is streaming multiple times a week. I, have you, Do you run this in decks? And also, have you ever seen this and seen it as like a perceivable threat over and over and over again? So for myself... Uh, I don't play mono blue that often or blue of any kind, really. Most of my blue decks don't end up being your typical blue decks if they are have blue whale in them tribal. at all. Right. Yeah. Whale uh, tribal. Or, now, or, to to be know. fair, this would be a slam dunk in your uh, your uh, Valoro uh, Master of Monsters or whatever. The Forgotten Realms one that's all creatures. I mean, it's my point. It's like, I, so I've got Volo, which is oops, all creatures, but like, it's not your typical blue deck, right? I mean, it's, it's right. all creatures and, and, and the Thassa's Oracle could go into that deck, but like, why, why would it? Right. I mean, the, the, the point <laughs> yeah. is, is that there's no other piece to combo it with. So like, you'd have to draw it late to, to have it try to win its win con. And that doesn't make sense, right? Like this is a card that is built for a very specific combo style of deck. Right. Like you're not going to just throw this haphazardly into a random deck and hope it gets there because you just it's chances the number of times that you're going to get to a point where Thassa's Oracle is going to win you a game in a random deck where you have not planned to win with Thassa's Oracle at some point is probably next to zero. Right. Uh, You do have a hundred card deck. Let's say you draw 50 of those cards somehow throughout the game and you manage to get a Thassa's Oracle out on turn. Let's say 18 if you've drawn 50 (laughs) cards by then. Right. Uh, Maybe maybe you've drawn those cards earlier. Maybe it's only turn 10. But your devotion to blue at that point is probably maybe 10, right? If you've dropped yeah, a, right. blue, a blue creature every turn until then. So you drop this on the table, it's 12. You've still got half your deck left. You're not going to be hitting the bottom of your library, right, at that point. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things. So to answer your question, Tuck, I have not seen it played that often against myself. I do not play it myself in any of my decks, uh, but it's not because I think it's an unfair win con or anything like that. It's just that it doesn't fit with my play style, so I don't run it. Sure. And for me, uh, I have never seen it. I've never lost against it. Um, never, never, never. And uh, from uh, I know for a fact I own a single copy. I was able to do a great trade with one of our amazing patrons, Lemony Lenning. Shout out. Um, got me a full art foil of Thassa's Oracle. Um, you know, I like the bling, I, and that's what's in my Garza's old deck, which is hilarious because it's a trash <laughs> deck. Um, and then I might have one in my CEDH deck, maybe. I don't think I do because mine, I put the restriction on. I can only do, I can only win off of random Vile Smasher damage, so I don't think it's in there, but right. it might be. So one for sure, but never lost against it. So I run this in one deck and one deck only, and to me, it's just a third copy. So in my Unesh Cryosphinx Sovereign deck, it works. And actually, this was a Mr. Combo recommendation when we reviewed this on Bruise and Builds, who knows when. Um, And that deck intentionally is milling yourself, is intentionally drawing through your deck. It has Lab Man, it has Jace, 
and Thassa is just kind of like a late term win con for it. Um, so honestly, for me, I don't really personally. Uh, I can see why other people feel that there might be a lot of salt into this, right? It can kind of win you the game on the trade. And if you're playing with people that are trying to play these super linear decks, whether the CEDH or otherwise, then this is a card you're going to see popping off all the time. But, you know, in reality, while we're talking about playing around this card and our thoughts, my salt meter for this is certainly way lower. It's way lower than Expropriate. It's significantly lower than Bright Steel Colossus. Just because I think that this card is um, more focused towards the competitive crowd. Now, we do feel this is more about how other people feel. So I can understand that in the CEDH community, you sit up and you have this beautiful Boros build. You're like, okay, I'm going to get this thing going. I'm going to get these wheels turning on turn three. Is there such a thing as a beautiful Boros build in CEDH? <laughs> Who's to be said? Oh, wait. Um, Wyeth, evidently. The pre-con? Oh, yeah. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Right? I'm like, I'm going to stack all these equipments. I just need to attack one time. I'm running Circular Logic. I'm running Mana Tithe. I'm doing all of it. And then on turn on turn three, someone plays this Demona, Demonic uh, Consultations. And then I just lose the game no matter what I do. So I can understand from that perspective why it may be frustrating or salty. But to me, as a casual player that I am, and I am no matter what other people tell you, I don't personally see this too salty. So I just wanted to, to bring up one thing just before we, you know, because I think we're we're going on a little bit of a tangent or maybe maybe some might even call it a bit of a witch hunt in this case uh, <laughs> of CEDH uh, because I think that you'll find that the EDH rec saltmeter has this listed so high, there's no way that the CEDH community is the one that's pushing this card up that high, right? No, 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 no. Er, but my, my point is that like we're using a lot of examples from CEDH. I just want people out there who's list, who's listening to this to understand that we're not saying that CEDH is the reason that this card is on the saltmeter and that it's up so high. Uh, but so there is going to be instances of games, casual games, where people are going to see this card and obviously it's causing salt in this case, right? Yeah. That was the point, though, though, I was making at the beginning mm -hmm. of the episode is it is just the CEDH community that I feel like really hates this card. It's a lot like the Flash Hulk. They were the only ones that were really hating it. Sure. So my point, though, is that that community is very vocal and right. loud because I yes. feel like they don't have yeah. great representation. I know we, mm. there is a spike feeder on the CAG now, but still, I think we can agree. CEDH has a very limited voice when Correct. it comes to rules committee and stuff. And so, to your point, Mr. Combo, it's like we've talked about this before where CEDH is in this like bizarro limbo of should it be its own format? Should it not? Should it have its madness right. and all that stuff, right? So if someone's right. a hardcore CEDH player, I can they have a much different perspective than us. And, right. and so the, the point that I was making, though, is more the mob effect. Like you have yes. a small group that's very right. loud and, and they are talking about up. their environment. Yeah, yeah. Just everyone else is like, oh, I saw this twi Twitter a tweet. <laughs> God, that shows how old I am. <laughs> I saw one of those twatch things out yeah. there. Um, and, you know, it's like, oh, well, gosh. The spike feeders said that this is a problematic card. They're a respectable channel. Just using them as an example, not saying they have. But that's where I think the EDH salt meter is where it is. Because it is a lot of that, the broad community, they don't have exposure to the card. But it's like, I know I've heard that people hate that thing. And that's why I think this card, even though it impacts competitive more, is on the salt meter. Because it's just been the word of mouth. Right. Yeah, because I mean, even if we look at the the number of decks that this is in, right? It's a fair, it's a fairly high number. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not high high. It's it's kind of middle of the road. But if you look at the cards that are higher than it on the salt meter, 
there are cards here that are a lot lower number in the deck count, right? Mm-hmm. So this means that this is being played by a fair number of folks. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so you know, and and again, this is this is only the I mean the deck count that they have here on EDH Rec is only representative of the decks that have been loaded into EDH Rec, right? Right, right. There could well, be other people out there. And that's also over the last twelve months, or is right. it two years? Something but also, like you that. might have you know a hundred people playing the same deck list, but it's only on EDH Rec once, right? So really, right. even though this is the number of deck lists out there that have the card, it doesn't represent the number of decks that might be running no, 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 no. as Oracle by any means, right? So. You know, there's a, there's definitely there's definitely going to be seeing Thassa's Oracle at casual tables for sure, right? Like, there's definitely people out there that are playing it in what they would consider not an not a CEDH deck. So, I I think this is a really interesting. I haven't spent a lot of time in the salt meter, but if you look down into it, there's cards that are much ranked lower than this, um, like your opposition agents of your world your smokestacks of the world, um, your back to basics of the world, that in my opinion, how do you, do you think that there's a, in a broader scale, right? Thassa's Oracle wins you the game. It's over. Ah, shucks. I'm going to shuffle up and go to the bathroom and then play another game. Whereas cards like the back to basics, the opposition agents can be crippling and even prevent you from playing, right? So how do how do you guys think? For, for me, I feel like those cards are way more salty. The Armageddon's, the the, the everything else, right? The, they're way more salty and scary than someone just winning immediately with Thassa's Oracle. So I think that's like an interesting thing to a thing to think about, Mister Combo. What do you, what do you have to say about that? So I think that just further, I think that furthers my kind of point of I think if you just hey, people that actually play this card, how salty are you about it? I don't think it'd actually be on the salt list. Or if it was, it'd be way, way lower. So I think we can all agree people get way more frustrated with back-to-basic smokestack opposition agent using those same examples. But it's because just its reputation is so negative. That's why it's so much higher, even though, to me... This shouldn't even be a salty card because it's like, oh, you win the game. Mr. B, you've said it a few times. Oh, shuffle up. Let's get another game going. But it's the competitive community. They don't think of games like that. It's not, oh, I great. I get to play game two. It's like, what the heck? Why didn't I win this game? I'm I'm so optimized. I'm trying like everything is uh, almost like a a math like equation. Like I'm going to do this into this into this. Right, right, right. And it's just very well thought out. So that's where Thassa's Oracle is very frustrating. Could you imagine? I have all of these plays, boom, 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 boom. And then turn two, what? I lose? What the heck? This is, I couldn't even do anything. That's why I think it's so high on there, even though it does end the game. And us casual people, I think if we really looked at the card, we'd be like, oh, it's fine. Like, at least I get to play game two or three. And I think I think this also sort of plays into uh, maybe something that we'll get into as the series progresses as well. And that is that uh, there are obviously different types of salt, right? Yeah. There, you know, opposition agent and smokestack and things like that. They definitely create a different type of salt, right? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, the, the uh, reason you're salty is very different, right? If you're a Himalayan either. versus a garlic, if you will, or perhaps right, exactly. the garlic truffle salt I got recently versus your sea salt, right? Those exactly. sort of things. Yes, or exactly. a better example, uh, 
getting hit over the head with a block of salt, <laughs> that oracle, or let me pour salt, table salt on your wounds uh, for the next hour, opposition agent, smoke stack back to basics. Right, yes, exactly. this is my point, right? Is you've got that instant salt that happens just instantly and you're immediately like, oh no, I'm, I'm upset that this happened. Or you have that salt that you're like, I can't believe you've played that card every turn yeah. for the rest of the game. You're like, I can't believe you have that on the table still. I can't believe, you know, like it, <laughs> six turns later, it's been removed off the table. And you're like, I can't believe you played that six turns ago. It really screwed up the thing I was doing. Which, which for me is like the latter of that. Like, I don't care if you went on the spot. Congratulations, you did it. But the latter of the, oh, this is something we're just playing around until you either we gang up on you and then the game is effectively a three-player game like right. some of these cards or ones where it's like well i can't win so i'm just gonna blow up all of the resources and then i'll have nothing but you will have nothing either so now we're just back to if you will back to basics, basics. Ooh, yeah <laughs> uh Ooh. it is it is interesting and just looking through this salt list I'm, there oof. if you guys right, we don't so, want to we don't want to talk about that too much otherwise we'll ruin all the future episodes yeah, exactly I was, I was, that's right i was just gonna say for those who enjoy this bit um and these episodes there's there there's a lot to mine out of here. There's a lot of gold <laughs> that we could be start digging for. Well, before we head to our last segment where Mr. B is going to walk me and Tuck through how, uh, I mean, we don't really have much of a salt meter, but you guys could put yourselves in our shoes and maybe help reduce your salt meter and dealing with that as Oracle. But before we do that, let's hear a little bit about the CMD Tower store. Hey there, collective. Do you need a new playmat? Do you need some sleeves? Have you been forgetting your upkeep triggers well be sure to head over to cmdtower.com slash merch and be able to pick up all the great swag made for you guys it could be the mr comma number five reminder token it could be the squee mcgee get up and fight coin or heck even our foil playmat or jund holiday sweaters all of it's there go check it out all right mr bevers or mr b as we like to call you affectionately um, how can we change these habits? I think I think this one comes down to a lot of folks needing to understand that it's okay to lose, right? That's the biggest how dare thing you. here, right? It's it's the biggest thing with this one, especially with Thassa's Oracle, right? Because it's a win con that you don't really like. We said earlier, it's very hard to interact with. If you don't interact with it almost immediately, it's probably over, right? Um, it, provided they have the combo pieces, I guess, right, is is the point, right? But I think I think you have to understand that, you know, your opponent has designed their deck to function in this way, and they don't always get to go off with it, right? This is the thing. is like it, It's not going to happen every game they play with a deck. It just won't. They're, you know, maybe they can tune the deck to a point where they are getting a 50% win con with the Thassa's Oracle, which is higher than average, right? You should expect your win con to be somewhere around the 25% with any given deck. Um, but like, even that, like, they're still not going to reach, you know, a win every time. So, you know, shuffle up again with, with them. And, and this time, maybe you anticipate that they have the combo in the deck and that they could do it. So maybe you play a little bit more reserved. Maybe you uh, hold up some sort of interaction more than you would normally. Or, you know, and this is kind of, plays into what you talked about before where maybe everybody at the pod sticks together and fights the one person down it can happen right but but maybe they deserve that right who knows right um and if that's how you feel that's how you feel but at the same time you got to remember that it's just a game at the end of the day we're all here yeah. to have fun with each other you just need to 
be willing to understand that there are going to be combo pieces that can just win the game out of out of nowhere. Uh, so I have two points. First off, uh, Mr. Bevers, you should know this better than anyone else. This is not a game. This is a lifestyle uh, for all of us <laughs> content creators out here uh, in the interwebs. Uh, and second, I so I wanted to ask you because you are streaming so much, right? You stream every week, several times. And uh, I myself have been part of games where it's just kind of gone on and on and you know, not for bad things, but there's been board wipes and no one's just gotten their win cons. So in terms of like content or the game dynamics, how do you feel about people should approach? Do you feel these, uh, do you feel that people should approach these cards that are just win cons on a stick a little bit more liberally in the sense of like, okay, this game is over. Now we get to play again and get another deck in the rotation and that sort of thing. Like, do you think, do you feel like there's a broader stigma around these sort of, oh, I just went on the spot sort of cards? So I think, obviously, I can't speak for everyone here, right? Um, From a content creation perspective, I think that content creators are definitely much more open to the game's over. Okay, shuffle up, we'll do a game two, because it means that they can make another video or post another video to YouTube right? To have another game of people playing, right? Absolutely. Now, for the average person who's not a content creator, right? Um, maybe their time is limited and they only had an hour and a half for one game mm-hmm. and the game ended in 45 minutes and they don't have enough time to start another game. And now they feel disappointed because they're like, well, you know, the game kind of ended abruptly without kind of letting me do the thing I wanted to try and do with my deck. And now I don't have time to play another game. And, you know, I'm not going to get to play Magic again for another couple of days. So that can definitely be very upsetting to some folks, right? Um, I think at the end of the day, we just have to understand that it's still just a game, right? You will get another mm-hmm. opportunity to play it. It, it. Yeah, it can it can definitely suck in the moment that, you know, the game ended abruptly. But you can also, you know, there are a lot of situations where folks will say, okay, the game's over, you won, but the three of us are going to continue to play as if you're not in the game anymore right because we want to play for another 45 minutes but we don't have enough time to shuffle up again and play another game so we're just going to keep playing as if you know that happened and if that person wants to stay and continue playing right basically shuffle their deck back together after doing their thassa oracle combo right and just be like okay i'm back to what i was with thassa's in the yard now or whatever right or exiled or whatever you want to do like there's so many things you can do with magic because it's just a game at the end of the day the pod that you're with can talk about what you want to do to move forward with the time you have left, right? So if you only have a limited amount of time to continue playing, then then work it out together, right? And maybe the person can show that they have the Thassa combo and say, okay, I have this, I could play it right now and win the game. And then you guys can speak up and say, hey, we don't have enough time to shuffle up for another game. Are you cool if you just like, we say that you've won this game, but we'll continue playing as if you're not going to play the Thassas and then we'll just keep playing now, yeah. right? And and you know what? I, I bet you 50% of the time, at least, the person who's playing the Thassas combo will probably say, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll keep playing with you, right? Without yeah. having played the Thassa, right? Or when that happens, it's like, hey, guys, let's uh, shuffle up and play a game of Half-Dragon Flatlander. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. uh, That's a great use of 45 minutes of time. (laughs) If you're not sure what that is, uh, stay tuned for a video that may or may not ever come out. Uh, But talking about it for three years. (laughs) Um, So the only note that I made, uh, but uh, another thing, and we actually have someone in our play group, Mr. B, that's very much like that. I have a limited amount of time to be able to play Magic the Gathering once every few weeks. He has a wife kids uh job you know friends Mm -hmm. family i mean people's lives are busy um 
And so when we sit down, he's like, you know, when we're sitting there bantering and stuff, he's like, guys, come on. I, I only have so much time to play. Mm-hmm. And he's not necessarily there just playing competitive stuff. Like he plays fun, weird decks, but it's just like the time I only have so much. So that is a great point. Um, here's the note that I made, though. I think the non-competitive community, I'm going to work. Let's let's start breaking away from that because we do not, as the majority, look at Thassa's Oracle the same as a very small group. Yeah. Start looking at it like Gary, Gray Merchant of Asphodel. How Gary can actually win more games than Thassa can. Thassa can win immediately, but how easy is it in black to play Gary, sack it, recur it, sack it, recur it? And it's like, hey yeah. guys, I just drained you all for 30 life each in one turn. I win the game. But think about this. Whenever we we see Gray Merchant played all the time, um, have you ever seen Gray Merchant hit the stack and everyone's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what the hell? Gray Merchant of Asphodel, you try hard. I mean, have you guys ever heard that? Okay. I mean, I, mean, uh, I shouldn't say that. I definitely hear people go, uh, Gary, oh man. <laughs> but like, it's not a, oh no, I'm about to die. It's a, uh, sure. kind of my life total. So, um, interestingly enough, this brought up a really good point, right? Exsanguinate is nowhere on the salt meter because you have to have the mana for it. That's why. Sure, that's fair. But I think in like the pods that we're pa- that we're playing into, a lot of times sure. if you resolve Exsanguinate, you might as well have resolved resolved the Thassa's Oracle. See, so also torment a Hellfire and that sort of thing. Um, so I think it, I that Mister Combo, your Gray Merchant is such an apt is such an apt like a comparison to this, right? Mm-hmm. In our casual like the pods that we play in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just like, that's really, it's yeah. Because even insightful. to your point, Tuck, like with Insanguinite and Mr. Combo, to your point, like you need the mana for it. It's basically saying the same thing as with Thassa's Oracle, you need the combo pieces. Yeah, that's right? true. If you, if you don't have them, you can't combo out and win immediately. Right. So it's very similar in that aspect. It's just a different resource. Right. Right. It, yeah. And I definitely would say to us content creators in the community, um, when we recognize like this, where our cards may be getting more uh, negative publicity than really what it deserves, I think it's conversations like this or us even doing it on streams where it's, hey, I did Fastest Oracle in my uh, Garza's old deck. I got to look at the top four. Yay. I didn't win. I have no way of abusing it. Just look at the top <laughs> four. I think people need to start seeing us play these types of cards that generally... It's just a particular play style that makes it salty. So that way they could see, oh, maybe it is a lot like Gary. And I think it would also help if we could figure out a cool name for Thassa's Oracle. Like Gary, come on, you can't get <laughs> mad at Gary. What do we call her, no. Tracy? Ooh, I do like Tracy a lot, actually. I do like that. I do like that quite a bit. Let's do that. Oh, man, I, Tracy. Nick, we're nicknaming Thassa's Oracle Tracy now. That's the plan. Yep. Okay, That's what we're right. doing. You heard it. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. Right. Tracy is going to win you the game and cause... Uh, a fair amount, at least one top third of the amount of salt that you could get. Well, before we round out the discussion, one last pain around. Big Tuck, any last thoughts on Thassa's Oracle? Uh, no, I think um, I think it's a I think Tracy is a really interesting talking point, and I I really do feel that she is going to be a really good comparison piece as we continue to look through these salty cards, right? Um, in terms of winning the games, in terms of in terms of deck utility, deck play styles. The amount of decks it's in, I, I think this is this is a really really solid one to to dive into uh, with some really good takes across the board. Mister B, you 
I, I I have nothing else to comment about the card. I think we've covered everything. I really enjoy the fact that you did bring up uh, Grey Merchant of Asphodel uh, because it's definitely a very good uh, comparison piece. And I think I think you're right. I think uh, maybe running this card in your blue decks moving forward just to show that it's not always an alternate win con, right? Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it can right. be, but it doesn't have to be. It can just be a utility 1-3 that lets you maybe fix your next draw step, right? Because, uh, I mean, let's be honest, how many people out there brainstorm or scry, right? This is basically mm -hmm. just like a scry on a stick. And it, it does have that great... Uh the great uh, key type of wizard redacted bit. So there's a lot of decks that like seeing that, right? So it's kind of just free utility in that deck, whether or not you win the game with it. Yeah, and the last point that I'll give is I think Fast's Oracle has a beautiful home in Blink decks. Like, mm -hmm. you're not going to win, but like, how great would it be? How many times do Blink decks like, oh, I'll Blink, I guess I'll just draw two cards or go get a land. Like, wouldn't you like to, oh, I probably got three Devotion. Let me look at the top three and rearrange it, get the best one on top. A lot of us do Sensei's Divining Top. So right. I definitely think it's a perception thing. And us as content creators have a great platform to really show people, hey, it's a fine card, but it's only game-breaking when your entire deck is built around that. Well, hopefully, our fellow members of the collective, you too, have learned how to be a more joyful magic player when your opponent attempts to throw salt in your eye with Tracy.